Welcome to the Flanders DC Talks, a podcast with inspiring talks from our past events. Flanders DC is the organization for design companies and fashion labels from Flanders. Hello, I'm Stefan from Flanders DC. In this podcast, we listen to Yasmin Wijnands talk about sustainability in the fashion industry. Yasmin Wijnands is now working as a sustainability manager for Xandres and as a freelance expert in sustainable fashion. But she used to work for Flanders DC and during that time, she was the driving force behind Close the Loop, the platform that stimulates the fashion industry towards more sustainability. At our Fashion Talks conference in Antwerp in 2019, Yasmin talked about sustainability in the fashion industry. She illustrated this with real and tangible local efforts, leaving the audience inspired and ready to take action. Sustainability. We can't open a newspaper or journal without reading something about it. But what does it mean? I've been working on sustainability in fashion for the past five years now, going to conferences, reading books, talking to company leaders, as well as young designers who are just starting out, researchers, experts of all kinds. And if there's one thing I've learned in these past five years, it's that sustainability has a different meaning to all of us. When we say sustainability or sustainable fashion, different things pop to mind. Some will think about a group of rebels and activists trying to shake things up, whether they are marching the streets during London Fashion Week, addressing world leaders in New York, or crowding the streets of Brussels. Some think about climate change as the end of our planet as we know it. Others think about it as the end of humanity. Yet others don't seem to think at all. I often thought this was one of the core problems, that we don't have one clear definition, that we don't have one clear voice, one clear direction. And I was tired of reading opinions in newspapers and tabloids. They were discussing what sustainability is or what it should be and whether we should ban plastics, for example, or why that won't save the problem. That's why I started reading and researching and I never stopped. My husband thinks I completely lost my mind, but I even went back to university to study environmental sciences. And I listened to some of the best minds in the fields of climate change, circular economy, sustainable development. And all of these people, they all proclaimed the same things. First of all, our climate is changing. Global warming is for real. You can see this as well on this visual showing global temperature changes as from 1950 to 2013. There's also no doubt that we, we as human beings, we're responsible for this change, which results in what we all know by now, the melting of the ice caps and um, changing weather uh, patterns, for example. Unfortunately, the fashion industry also bears big responsibility. We're not the best in class when it comes to respecting our planet. To produce one pair of jeans, we need about 7,000 liters of water. That's about the same of amount of water that one person drinks in a period of, let's say, 15 to 20 years. Every two years, 
We need the same amount of water there is in the entire Mediterranean Sea just to dye our clothes. In 2015, greenhouse gas emissions from textiles production exceeded those of all international flights and maritime shipping combined. And our industry isn't only disrespecting the limits of our planet, it's also not respecting the people on it. In 2013, the Rana Plaza garment factory collapsed, and it symbolizes since then the terrible circumstances under which our clothing often is being produced. Over a thousand people died, and more than 2,000 people got injured. One of the most obvious issues with our industry, undeniably, is the fact that we produce and consume a massive amount of clothing at a tremendous pace. The amount of clothing we throw away each year adds up to 48 billion kilograms. Now, I don't know what about you, but to me, these kind of numbers are often hard to comprehend. So I did a quick Google search on the top 10 heaviest objects in the world. And I ended up with the Great Pyramids of Giza. Now, I've never been there myself. Apparently, there are three pyramids next to each other. So I took the heaviest one of the three as a reference to compare. The amount of clothing we throw away each year equals the weight of that heaviest one of the three pyramids of Giza, times nine. Of this clothing, 73% is being burned or sent to landfill, which is about one garbage truck full of textiles every second. Honestly, working in this field on a daily basis, listening to these kind of facts, reading these kind of numbers every day, it made me concerned. It made me concerned that it might be too late, that maybe the damage has been done already and that we perhaps might not be able to change direction. But working in this field also gives me the opportunity to talk with people on a daily basis. Designers, company leaders, people who are very passionate about the meaningful and beautiful products they are creating. People who are out there taking baby steps are sometimes even huge leaps of faith to start working in a more responsible way. And it's the stories of these people that kept me going as well. I've learned from them that it's not easy and it's definitely not a black and white story. But I'm here today to share with you what it all comes down to. I'm here to show you how different people can have different points of view different visions, and, how, and that they can find their own ways to create change, however small that change in the beginning might be. I'm standing here today because I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to create change, but in yours. In the past year, we've worked together with eight companies and seven experts on the topic of sustainability. We've worked together with SMEs from Belgium who have been in business for quite some time and together we looked at how they can start working in a more responsible way. And my hope is that they will inspire you to do the same. Together we looked at how can we start working more responsibly, so we asked ourselves the question, how can we close the loop? Focusing on a circular economy as opposed to the current linear system we're in. In this current linear system, 
We take resources, for example, cotton. We make something out of it, for example, a T-shirt. We sell it to our consumers, and in the end, it becomes waste. In a circular economy, on the other hand, we focus on not creating any waste. We're stepping away from this linear system and we focus on durability instead. We look at how we can prolong the life of an item and we see what we can do when this item does run toward the end of its life. So let's see how this all works. To make this meal easier to digest, I've sliced this donut in two and I've asked the eight close-the-loop companies to share their experiences with you. So let's hear what they have to say about the first part of the process. Decisions made during the design phase are responsible for 80 to 90% of the environmental and, and economic costs. So you better think this through. Strategies on fabrics range from brands who recycle old denims into new ones, to labels who experiment with fabrics made out of waste from the orange industry, to brands who decide to work out a long-term strategy on the replacement of their current materials by ones who have a lower impact on the environment. So materials do matter, and so does your design. Designing for eternity means that you design to last, that you create things that we're dying to have and to keep, even across generations. Whereas fast fashion has no issues with something falling apart after only a few washings, circular fashion puts quality first. Unfortunately, this does not guarantee that something will never wear out, of course. And acknowledging this, there are some brands who focus on prolonging the life of their items by, for example, offering free repair services or generating a new business model by reselling their collected secondhand items or even adding a third revenue stream by recycling the items that were totally worn out. When it comes to production, the baseline says produce clean, local and with respect. Outdoor brand Patagonia translates clean production in the use of renewable energy and reduction of water use on site, for example. It pays respect to its people by investing in fair trade certification amongst many other actions they undertake. They're perhaps best known for their activist campaigns like this one from 2011 already, where they published this advertisement in the New York Times on Black Friday, asking people to stop buying their clothes. They did this in order to raise awareness that all products, even the ones made as sustainable as possible, still have an impact. So we also should start consuming in a different way. Which brings us to the other half of the donut. How will you sell to and interact with your customers before a garment comes to the end of its life? To hack the take-make-waste system we're in, different business models are on the rise. We see a growing love for pre-owned items, as well as refurbished or repaired ones. And we see retail models based on the sharing economy, where people tend to pay for using clothes rather than owning them. When it comes to communicating with your customers, the biggest fear and pitfall of many companies is to be accused of greenwashing. Most of you knows, know what this means already, but greenwashing simply means that a company claims to be more environmentally friendly than it actually is. 
Now, why should anyone do that, you ask? It's simple, because sustainability is becoming a marketing tool. Sustainability is becoming an important driver in purchasing decisions, opening up entire new markets. And whether you choose to start working in a more sustainable way from an economic perspective or an ecological or maybe both, don't let the fear paralyze you. Just go out there, just, go to, just do it, but talk with your customers, be honest, start a conversation. Be, talk to them about your successes as well as your failures. A lack of transparency is without a doubt still one of the biggest in issues in our industry today. Different companies try to break with the system in different ways. Some share information on their materials and suppliers on their websites. Others provide QR tags in their clothing, leading you to the eco-ID of that particular garment. Yet others communicate about the traceability and even the pricing buildup of their products. Or they focus on informing their consumers and raising awareness on overconsumption by showing them how they can prolong the life of their favorite items. Which brings us to the last or first part of this story. Because closing the loop means considering every ending as a new beginning. We already know by now that the decisions you made during the design phase are crucial for the end of life of a garment. But of course, we still need to think about the waste we already created. There are some designers out there and they're taking waste as a resource. Like for example, Christopher Rayburn, who's making beautiful coats out of worn out safety jackets. We see couture labels upcycling garments and fa fabrics as well as bigger and smaller retailers who are putting take-back systems into place, collecting their old garments. Now, these bigger retailers often are also investing in new technologies and innovations on recycling and disassembly techniques. They know they have to prepare for a future in which they will no longer be able to take virgin resources from our Earth at the pace we do now. Finding the right collaborations is therefore key in a circular economy. To create a movement, we need a radical change in the consumer's mindset. We'll need bold leaders who'll challenge the system. But above all, we need to start working together, breaking down the walls we're operating behind. And as a fire starter, I've asked our Close the Loop companies to share some of the things they've learned and experienced in the past year with you. A slide for those I lost along the way. Now is the time to wake up. The time has come to stop talking and to start walking. And if you don't know where to start, I'll give you some baby steps so you can start today. First of all, and this is really easy, so please just do this. Ask the people you meet today what sustainability means to them. Reach out to me or to my colleagues if you need some advice or guidance on the topic and go check out the videos in the Close the Loop discovery box right over there so you can watch the, the videos and discover more about what the companies have been working on in the past year. Reach out to them, ask them some questions, open up the conversation. Secondly, and I know this is a lot harder to do, but try to clear your schedule for three hours and put all distractions aside. Talk with your col colleagues about what sustainability means to your company and what you can do. 
And if you don't know where to start, it's really easy. You can just go to the Closed Loop website, you click on Planner, and you get 25 questions that will help you reflect. Thirdly, use your voice. There's a famous quote, and by coincidence, one of my favorite quotes, that says, every time you spend money, you're casting a vote for the kind of world you want. Ask questions about things that you're buying and start a conversation with the people you're buying it from. Whether you're shopping and you're buying a T-shirt for your son or you're sourcing fabrics for your new collection, it doesn't matter. And finally, don't forget to believe, not in my ability to create change, but in yours. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Would you like to experience a Flanders DC talk in real life? Check our events on our website at flandersdc.be slash agenda.